When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. I'm Alicia. My name is Stacy. Thank you so much for joining us today for another exciting trip down the halls of, well, romantic misadventure, if not marital. Yeah, we're not getting married today. Stacy, you brought us a bit of a palate cleanser. Yes, following your Julie Bowen palate cleanser, uh, I have the amazing actor Michael Sheen. Never married, but some high-profile romances. Yeah, it was a fun story. Before we begin our episode today, I do want to remind everybody, last chance, last chance, our, our virtual live Valentine's Day decompression session is happening this Thursday, February 16th. It is. Tickets are on sale right now at moment.co slash trashy divorces. Grab them right up until the moment of the show starting, or you can rewatch for the week after. So come join us. Hang out. It's going to be a lot of fun. We certainly hope y'all enjoy this one with nary a divorce in sight. Stacy, I think it's time to go, go, go. So, Stacey, we're not getting married today. (laughs) We're not. My subject is not. Perhaps ever. Who knows? Alicia, you and I have had a running joke for a number of years as fans of, like, a whole big array of movies and television shows out of the United Kingdom that there are just eight actors in the whole place, which is why we see the same faces over and over again in a variety of different projects. Obviously, this is not true, but today we're going to take a look at one of my favorite actors to emerge from the stages of the UK to arrive on screens here, the Pride of Wales, Mr. Michael Sheen. Huzzah, the Pride of Wales. And by the way, if you're not instantly familiar with him by name, Michael Sheen has played Tony Blair in a trilogy of TV films that earned him both BAFTA and Emmy nominations. He portrayed David Frost in the 2008 film Frost slash Nixon. Uh, He's had roles in the Twilight film series and the Underworld series and Woody Allen's 2011 film Midnight in Paris. On television and streaming, he made big waves as Dr. William Masters in Showtime's Masters of Sex mid-last decade. More recently, he portrayed the angel Aziraphale opposite David Tennant's Demon Crowley in the Amazon BBC streaming adaptation of the Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett novel good omens. You know the guy is what I'm saying. He is such a prolific actor. He's prolific and he's wonderful. He and Tennant then took it upon themselves to keep us all entertained during the worst of COVID lockdowns with various online videos of their Zoom chats, some of some or all of which may have come from their BBC quarantine comedy series Staged. You painted that this morning? Right. <laughs> oh gosh, so good. Um full disclosure, In this episode of Trashy Divorces, I am cheating a little bit here because in point of fact, Michael Sheen has never married, not even the one time, but his apparent preference for serial monogamy and 
the circles that he has run in mean that he's had some high-profile relationships that have stretched on for quite some time. I mean, come on, we're talking a dude who has had multi-year entanglements with Kate Beckinsale, Rachel McAdams, and Sarah Silverman, to name a few Holy cats. of his long-term girlfriends or partners. I really enjoyed your palate cleanser episode on Julie Bowen, so let's continue that energy and get to know Michael Sheen. Let's do it. Christopher Michael Sheen was born February 5th, 1969, in Newport, Monmouthshire, Wales. Happy birthday, Aquarius man. Oh, just yeah. just happy, celebrated. Happy birthday. He was the only child for a minute, but was later joined by his sister, Joanne. His parents both had real jobs, but were also active in local theater. There was a little bit of conflict when he was about 12, and he got scouted by the Arsenal Football Club for their youth team. But his parents were like... We shall not be moving from Port Talbot, Glamorgan to London for your footballer career, young Michael. <laughs> but that was all right. As a teenager, he joined the West Glamorgan Youth Theater and later the National Youth Theater of Wales to pay for studies at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts, RADA. We've talked about that before. Starting in 1988, he took a year off to work at a fast food joint called Burgermaster, which just... I love it. Love That's it. amazing. Great name. Saved up his money. And finally, ta-ta, mama and dada. Going Off to, to Rada. Going to London. Uh-huh. He graduated in 91 with a BA in acting. But by then, he had already had his first big professional break when he was cast in When She Danced at the Globe Theater. A little theater called The Globe. Uh, alongside Vanessa Redgrave and Francis Delatour. Oh, that's not a bad yeah. debut role. Critics took note of him pretty much right away. In 1992, his performance in Romeo and Juliet at the Royal Exchange earned him his first stage award nomination, and Michael was hailed as the most exciting actor of his generation. A year later, he had his first appearance on the small screen, and a year after that, his first appearance on the big screen with, of course, Kenneth Branagh and Othello. But my dear sweet friends... Kenneth Branagh was not the most interesting thing that happened to Michael Sheen in 1995. What was? Ah, no. The most interesting thing that happened to Michael Sheen in 1995 was his role in a stage production of The Seagull, where he starred opposite one Kate Beckinsale. Aww. Kate, born Catherine Romany Beckinsale on July 26, 1973, in London's Chiswick District, was the daughter of actors herself, in her case, Richard Beckinsale and Judy Lowe. Fun fact about her parents. They didn't marry each other until Kate was like four in 1977. And then tragically, in 1978, when Kate was just five, her father suffered a sudden heart attack and died at the age of 31. Oh, God. How terrible. Yeah, she, as you would expect, was strongly impacted by this loss and she spent much of her childhood catastrophizing and otherwise engaging with the world from a deeply anxiety-ridden place. Yeah, that's tragic. That terrible. Her mother would later fall in love with TV director Roy Battersby. And at nine, they moved in with Roy and his four children. So it took her mother and Roy 16 years to tie the knot. But for all intents and purposes, he has been her stepfather since, like, the early 80s. Okay, okay. Despite being a good student who won awards for fiction and poetry writing, she continued to struggle with her mental health. 
during her teen years. It sounds like she was very well positioned as a young person, but was not able to like recognize that about herself. She developed anorexia at 15. She spent four years in psychoanalysis to uh, help move her past her traumas and into other opportunities for growth. She studied French and Russian literature at Oxford, spent her third year in Paris because third year abroad is a requirement for modern language students. And upon returning to the United Kingdom, she decided that the theater was where her heart was and she dropped out and that was that. Okay. And why not? By that point, she had appeared in several television programs, plus on screen in Kenneth Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing, that guy... One of the eight. One of the eight. One of the eight actors. You've seen everything. That was 93. With her breakout role perhaps coming in 1995. No, I'm not talking about The Seagull opposite Michael Sheen. I'm talking about a charming little movie called Cold Comfort Farm, which I have loved ever since then. In a 2001 interview ahead of the release of Serendipity, where she starred opposite John Cusack, little rom-com, I believe it was, She said this about the beginning of things with Michael, quote, our relationship has serendipity written all over it. We met when we were cast together in a production of The Seagull. Michael was this hugely popular and respected British stage actor. So I really didn't want to do a play with him. I'd never met him, but my mother talked incessantly about his talent. (laughs) It really was love at first sight. We discovered we actually lived on the same street in Paris. We became lovers and moved in together very quickly and have been together ever since. She continues, I think we spent the first five years fighting like mad about petty stuff. Like all good relationships. Like all good relationships. By this time, uh, Michael and Kate, by, by the time of this interview in 01, Michael and Kate had a daughter who was born in 1999. And things were soon to take a turn for what was becoming an increasingly high profile non-marriage. Let's review the tape for a second, shall we? In December 2001, Glasgow's Daily Record ran a piece called Why I Am Still Not Married. (laughs) Kate Beckinsale keeps dropping hints, but still her lover won't tie the knot. Oh, here's the lead copy by Gil Pringle. She's regarded as one of the sexiest women in the world, but Kate Beckinsale can't persuade her man to tie the knot. Despite her gorgeous looks and bubbly personality, long-term partner, actor Michael Sheen, refuses to marry her. Although the pair have been together eight years and have a -a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Lily, he won't pop the question. Kate admits, When I was doing the interviews for Pearl Harbor, everybody kept asking the same thing. And I was too embarrassed to admit, I really don't know why Michael hasn't got round to proposing to me yet. So I would make up stories like, When Lily's old enough to be our flower girl, we'll get married. But the truth is that Michael hasn't asked me to be his wife yet. I actually asked Michael outright, why aren't we married yet? I couldn't believe it when he said, because every time I was going to ask you, you did something annoying. Oh, my God. (laughs) So she continues. So so maybe if I can hold off being annoying for a while, then he'll finally ask me. But I should add that Michael is brilliant and wonderful. She's joking there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna, but then you annoyed me again. Right. She goes on to say this about their recent but temporary move to Santa Monica for work back then. And in hindsight, this quote's a little bit shattering. Quote, this is really our final year of traveling before Lily starts school. I don't want her to be plucked out of school to sit in movie trailers. I wouldn't do that to her. Lily is going to go to the same little primary school that I went to in West London, and I'm just so happy that she's going to be there 
The teacher who taught maths when I was there is now the headmistress. Aww. Aww. So why is that shattering? I am so glad that you asked, Alicia. So at the turn of the millennium, having really raised her profile in a little joint called Pearl Harbor, where she played a nurse torn between loving Ben Affleck and loving Josh Hartnett. Oh, no. Oh, no. Whatever shall I do? She was looking around for something different and read over the script for an action movie called Underworld in which she would play a vampire. She welcomed the change of pace after such a long string of period stuff and then a bunch of romantic comedies and joked about the irony of starring in an action flick as someone who, quote, can't catch a ball if it's coming my way. Oh, no. (laughs) Michael in this period was having trouble getting jobs in America. So when Kate was cast in the film, she lobbied for director Lynn Wiseman to also cast Michael, which he did. Somewhat problematically, during production, she and Len fell in love. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, yes. I mean, oh, great for her, but well, oh, no. let me just start the next sentence and we can dive into the oh, no. Len's wife at the time... <gasps> mm, oh, no. ...took things quite badly, publicly accusing Kate of stealing her husband while filming in Budapest. Quote, that's where it all happened. Kate was never nice to me, not from day one. I was in Budapest for three months, and Kate didn't have a good word to say to me. Super yikes. By March of 2003, Kate and Michael were no more. Obviously, they still share a child. It's, you know. And in May of 2004, she and Lynn married in California. The date kept having to be pushed because his divorce took longer than anticipated to become final. It's a bummer when that happens. Messy? Probably, but it really seems like Michael prioritized his relationship with their daughter, and all three adults in this little triangle ended up being friends. Kate's marriage to Lynn lasted through the end of 2015 or so. Lynn filed for divorce in 2016, citing irreconcilable differences. And while the divorce wasn't final until late 2019, Kate Beckinsale did enjoy a short fling with America's favorite gigolo, Pete Davidson, back in the first part of that year of 2019. Gotta love it. Before we wrap this one, uh, Michael Sheen once came to his sweetheart's defense in the worst or best possible way, depending on your perspective. Back in 2000 or so, as Kate returned to acting after having a baby, she was in The Golden Bowl, and her co-star Jeremy Northam just lost his temper at her after she, like, forgot a line. Something minor happened, and he just kind of blew up. She was still breastfeeding at the time, and Michael came by to pick up the baby and sort of walked in on the scene of this guy, like, following Kate to her trailer, like, berating her as yeah, she's no, going. we're not. No, not, no, no, not no. Not cool. So he, he, he punched Jeremy Northam. He just, <gasps> he decked the guy. Oh, wow. And Kate would say that while this was shocking, the punch actually served as a bit of an icebreaker for the cast on the set. I guess laying down some laws, making some rules, and she ended up having a great time making oh, the movie. Good. Well, as, just you as know. just as soon as her fella knocks some sense into her co-star. Well, don't be a jerk. Easy. So that is one down. We have much more to go, but let's take a break here. And when we return, we will talk about some other non-marital entanglements, most of which have not worked out. (laughs) It's not called happy relationships, it's trashy divorces. See you on the flip, friends. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. 
Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Well, Alicia, say what you will about attractive, upwardly mobile young people, but it did not take long for Michael to find some help in moving on. Oh, I'm shocked. In April of 05, he walked the red carpet at the BAFTA Awards with his new girlfriend, ballet dancer Lorraine Stewart. This would last through the end of the decade or so, like 2010, and appears mostly to have fallen victim to the chaos of his increasingly hectic schedule and filming all over the world and traveling constantly for for everything. For instance, in 03, he originated his Tony Blair role for Channel 4's The Deal, uh, a piece that was filmed while he was playing Caligula at the Donmar Warehouse at night, so a little, little busy. And the next year, he was doing things like ITV's Dirty Filthy Love, nominated for BAFTA and RTS Best Actor Award. He played a rock star in the film Laws of Attraction, and he produced and starred in a short that won the BAFTA for Best Short Film. Busy guy, is what I'm saying. Britain. Get more than eight actors. Spread them around. You are real. You're you're taxing your actors too much. <laughs> My gosh, this was quite characteristic of the pace of things for him for years yet to come. With increasing opportunities in film taking him away from London and the UK for increasing periods of time, there are a number of photos of them, him and Lorraine, showing up to awards shows and such, walking the red carpet like. They seem perfectly fine, but I think they kept themselves pretty much to themselves in this period. I didn't find, like, any big, like, and now I sit down with Michael Sheen and his live-in partner. I didn't find any of that. Never fear. I mean, they, you know, they split up. His next relationship, which lasted about two years, from late 2010 to early 2013, was with Canadian actress Rachel McAdams, his co-star in Midnight in Paris. They met on the production, and when they went public with their relationship, People Magazine called it, quote, one of the worst-kept secrets in Hollywood. Oh, my. People had questions. So what does Sheen find special about McAdams? Quote, she's talented, intelligent, beautiful. She's warm and friendly. She's very supportive and very kind, very funny. She makes me laugh a lot, he says. And do they have anything in common besides acting? He replies, hopefully I have some of those qualities as well. (laughs) People continues, however coy they've been about their private life, the pair are effusive in discussing each other's talents. He's a fantastic actor, McAdams said, one of the best. Of McAdams' on-screen appeal, Sheen added, she has a real honesty and a real vulnerability about what she does. She has a real emotional presence. All right. Rachel, of course, had her big breakout role in 2004's Mean Girls, playing high school nightmare mean girl Regina George, and was later in a relationship for a couple of years with her The Notebook co-star, the always dreamy Ryan Gosling. After she and Michael parted ways at the start of 2013, most accounts had it that she was at a good place in her life to start having kids while he was then an active and invested dad to, like, a tween. Sure. Just different places. So the timing felt off for them, which, you know, that happens. They had a 10-year age difference, so it makes perfect sense that, like, just particularly when it comes to having kids, that they would be in different places. 
Rachel McAdams bounced back, of course. She's been involved with screenwriter Jamie Linden since 2016, and uh, they have two children together. Good on her. All right, that is three down. Holy cats. Alicia, the story of Sarah Silverman and Michael Sheen is proof positive that even when your politics align, it can be that alignment itself that ends the relationship. Oh, no. Tell me, tell me. Consider the, the era. These two got together in 2014, by which time Sarah had her own show on Comedy Central and had been in a relationship with other well-known people, including Jimmy Kimmel. But, you know, no bigs. When she and Michael arrived at the Met Gala in May of 2014, she was quoted as saying, This is so awkward. Listen, I love his body, but I also love what's on the inside. (laughs) He's a fantastic actor. (laughs) So talented. They met. Hey, I hope you're sitting down for this one. On set. No. Shocker. Masters of sex. And, you know, a few, oh, I crossed out funny and wrote alarming. A few alarming things happened in the four-ish years that they were together. For Michael, there was the June 2016 referendum on the UK exiting the European Union, in which voters narrowly chose the much tougher economic road, a circumstance they are still dealing with. For Sarah, 2016 offered... The autumn spectacle of America's Electoral College allowing the second-place vote-getter to ascend to the highest seat of power in the world. A circumstance Americans, and let's face it, the governments of our allies and adversaries alike, are still very much dealing with. Sarah responded to this new abnormality by putting together a show on Hulu called I Love You, America! with Sarah Silverman, which aspired to be a place where people of differing viewpoints could come together and connect in spite of their differences. A very a very good effort at injecting some positivity into a tough time. Certainly. Michael responded to this new abnormality by moving back home to Wales to engage more fully in what had prompted his neighbors to vote the way they had. He told the Daily Telegraph, quote, After the Brexit vote and the election where Trump became president, we both felt in different ways we wanted to get more involved. Sheen told the newspaper the reasons behind their split later was because he wanted, quote, to address the issues that I thought led some people to vote the way they did about Brexit. Michael added, I felt a responsibility to do something, but it meant coming back to Britain, which was difficult for us, because we were very important to each other. But we both acknowledged that each of us had to do what we needed to do. Silverman, Sarah Silverman, announced that they had consciously uncoupled, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow's famous phrase. She said, we just live in, this was on Instagram, I believe. She said, we just live in different countries and it got hard. Felt we should just tell y'all so you stop asking, how's Michael slash how's Sarah? So this was, this Instagram post was in February of 2018. Later that year, she appeared on Jimmy Kimmel, her ex-boyfriend's show, and opened up about it in a very Sarah Silverman fashion. So I guess he asked what's going on with her dating-wise. And she says, what's going on with me dating-wise? I'm waiting for this tryst with you to be over. (laughs) (laughs) So um, she and Kimmel had two romantic stints between 02 and 09. They kind of discussed like their current relationships, their past relationships, Kimmel's marriage. And so Sarah Silverman says, Okay, Molly's cute, she's bright, she's funny, she's blonde, but come on. And, um, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's like, I've got bad news. We've been married five years. She replies, it's not fair. She gets like, new, woke Jimmy. I had man show Jimmy. (laughs) 
Uh, so on the split from uh, Michael Sheen, she says, I was with Michael. We broke up over Christmas. He moved back to the UK and his life is really there and my life is really not there, but I love him to pieces. If he's in town and we're both single, we will make love. Oh, fantastic. I mean, it's hard. Long distance relationships across the sure. globe. Yeah. That's tough to maintain. No, I think that I think they decided like we've had a good thing and now it is time for us to don our capes and go and be superheroes in our respective cinematic universes or or whatever. Approved. Um, and once again it did not take our charming serial monogamist, Michael Sheen, too very long to start over again romantically. Who's next? Who's next? I'm not sure that they have communicated to the public how they met, but by May of 2019, he was definitely dating Swedish actress Anna Lundberg. And that fall, we know they were definitely dating in May because like in September, I think she gave birth to their first child. Yeah, definitely dating. Mm -hmm. Definitely dating. Uh, And the second was born in May of 2022. Oh, wow. Um, Anna has been active with his and David Tennant's staged lockdown comedy And fans of Good Omens will be pleased to hear that a second season of it is pretty much ready to go and should air this summer on Amazon Prime. I don't have any trash cans for Michael Sheen. No trash cans. I I think he's just lovely. Nary a trash can. I also think it's a little brilliant that he has never married. Not getting married today. Halos? I could give him halos. It's very much in keeping with Good Omens. You know how to avoid a trashy divorce? Never get married in the first place. Good on you, Michael Sheen. It's a, it's a good, yeah. Also, I mean, he. It sounds like he had a fair, like a pretty public breakup from Kate Beckinsale. Like he got pretty publicly rejected. Sure. And like you know, just went went on back to doing his thing. Like kind of cool guy. Michael Sheen, Prince of Wales, and a jolly good fellow. I do have spider eggs. So if you are a patron listening on your Patreon feed. We're going to have some more for you in just a minute after we wrap this up. Fantastic. Stacy. well done. Thanks. Thanks so much for that. Michael Sheen, don't forget, we're coming up close to our Valentine's Day decompression session coming yes. up Thursday, February 16th, 8 p.m., live virtually from right here at TDHQ. Get your tickets at moment.co slash trashy divorces. Just a few more days for that. We're going to have a lot of fun. Thank you one and all for tuning in with us today. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate you listening, for telling your friends, for your kind reviews, for your emails, just for being generally all around awesome. We do like you. We do like you a lot. Thanks again, everybody. Until we meet again for a brand new Trashy Divorces for you on Wednesday. Scrub-a-dub-dub your paws, people. Keep those hearts trashy. Big love, friends. Play on if you're Patreon. Holy cats. What a week here at Trashy Divorces. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio.
You can contact us at TrashyDivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at Patreon.com slash TrashyDivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy y'all.